Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Hello, it's the summertime. You didn't expect to hear my voice again for a few more weeks, but joining me to discuss all things summer transfer window. It's not Matt, because poor Matt's got to work. It's the partner in crime. It's Polynesian Dan. Now then, how's it going? Yeah, mate, I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Have you missed football? Um, y- Yes and no. Uh, and I say yes and no because I, I do miss it because I enjoy the game. I'm not so much missing it because I, I do a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Mate, what the hell yeah. are you doing? We're trying to record a podcast and you're like slamming around in your house. I've I've got a dog and the yeah. dog's decided to bring a stick in and it keeps dropping it by my feet. <laughs> well, that's that's what I do with my summer, which is uh, yeah, dog sit. Basically. So 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 you are missing football is what you're trying to say. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I mean this this episode's right up my street. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this um, is when Matt couldn't do it. I jumped. Well, me, me, and you basically have this conversation countless times, regardless of a podcast, really, which is the squad building, the kind of who to sell, who to keep. So we're actually just putting it out there for the world for once. But yeah, it's I not... mean it's uh, it's 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 something that's been ingrained in me since I sort of started playing Championship Manager when I was about ten years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that constant squad building, going through a list yes. of players, who to sell, who to buy. I love it. Yeah, can't get enough of it. <clears throat> well, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, so uh, the show today we got a quite a pack the max stuff we're going to try and ram in. Um. Try and keep it to an hour, <laughs> as we normally try. But I'm going to start with a little reminder to everyone. Uh, two Tottenham Academy players, Dane Scarlett and Alfie Devine, are both currently playing for the England under-19s at the Euros. They are playing today in the semi-final against Italy. 4pm kickoff. Um, by the time people are listening to this, maybe you've missed it. <laughs> but... Uh, It is out there. Um, If you catch it, I think you can hit the red button on BBC channels or find it on the iPlayer. But if you want to watch, they both started the tournament brilliantly. In the group stage, I think Scarlett's got two goals, two assists, and I think Devine's got one goal, two assists. So they both started very well. Uh, You actually caught some of it the other day, didn't you? Because I said in our group chat about it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If uh, if anybody wants to go on YouTube and watch that divine goal as well, yeah, it was it was divine. Yeah, yeah, pick that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely top top corner. But no, yeah, uh, it's it's fun watching the uh, the England youth teams, isn't it? Yeah, it is because they play without fear. You can see it. It's a love for the game and just check us out. And also, it's. I'll tell you the one thing it does do, which is frustrating, is you see that and you look at them play against their counterparts and you're kind of like, why is it at every youth level, England are very, very good, very competitive. They win tournaments, you know, World Cups, Euros, 
And yet, when it gets to the senior game, they don't. You know, the senior is like something mm. changes. And um, <clears throat> there's loads of opinion on this, and there's loads of conjecture and loads of thoughts. I put it down to the fact that you look at the under-19s tournament now. They're playing Italy today. I think someone, a journalist, mm. pointed out six of the starting 11 for Italy are all playing in Serie A next season. None mm. of the England squad... I've even played a Premier League, you know, I've played a full Premier League game. I think that's the difference. No, no. What about when they get to a senior level, though, and they are actually playing in the sort of Premier League? Yeah. What's the excuse then? Uh, I think the excuse then is your experience. I mean, the, the idea is basically if you're playing first team football at the highest level in your country at 18, 19 years old. By the time you're 23, 24, you've got two, three seasons of potentially European football as well under your belt. Whereas these players who have played for England under 18s, 19s, all these different levels are typically only playing minutes here, there and everywhere in the Premier League. Um, I mean, it's, it's an argument. Like I said, there's loads of factors to it and you can point it. Sometimes the money in the Premier League, I think, is too much, too young for some people. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting, but it is fun to watch. Taking it back to just the fun part, the under nineteens is a decent tournament. Um, England versus Italy will be a good game. Um, it is Tuesday the twenty eighth as we record this by the twenty eighth of June, so it's four pm Tuesday twenty eighth June on BBC Red Button or iPlayer around the world. I think you can find it. Simply look up the UEFA website. So if you're outside of the Eurozone, you can find it on there. Uh, but, mate, we're going to dive into the summer business so far. Um, summer business so far, Tottenham have made three signings. You have taken a look. You've put together a little bit of a, a, a bundle, a pack of information for us, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, like I say, unless listeners have been living under a rock, yeah. we've made three confirmed signings, yep. which is... Incredible. This is this isn't what Tottenham do. No. Nope. We don't sign players before pre season. We nope. don't get transfers out of the way. But I mean maybe that's uh credit where it's due. Maybe that's what Paratishi's bringing to the, the table now. I hope so. Yeah. Um but three confirmed signings. Uh Fraser Forster, Ivan Perisic, and Yves Bazuma. Um two free transfers and Assume was a, a steal for about sort of twenty five million pound plus add ons. Yeah. Um, Fraser Forster is, uh, is well, he's been signed to be our second choice goalkeeper. He's not yeah. going to dislodge Hugo Lloris anytime soon. Um, yeah. So for that yeah. reason, he's, he's not really an exciting signing. No. Um, but he's an important one. I'm sure you'll agree there. I do. Um, we we need homegrown players. Yeah. Um, we need experience for your second choice goalkeeper, yeah. and um, he's got that in abundance. I mean, he's but sorry, mate. Say, say, say that again. Say that again. I lost you then. Say that again. He's he's thirty four years old. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's played he's played four hundred and fifty professional matches. Wow. Um, he's got six England caps. 
Yeah. And that was, I mean, he was in the England squad as early as March yeah. this this year. So he's he's still playing at sort of the top of his game, really. Um, yeah. Last season, he played 19 Premier League games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the point I'm trying to make here is he's, he's experienced, but he's still sort of playing at a top level. Yeah. Um, I'd argue before we had, obviously, Joe Hart. Yeah. So it's a, a similar sort of signing to that. But um, Joe Hart had only played three Premier League games the season we signed him. Yeah, he was basically third choice at Burnley at that point. Yeah. Um, a few things that I researched about Forster. Um, yeah. He made his name at Celtic, obviously. We know that. Um, he won the league four times, the Scottish Cup twice, the League Cup. Um, but amazingly, I've I, I sort of forgotten this from memory yeah um he played in the champions league for celtic against barcelona and they won 2-1 in in 2012 (laughs) do you do you remember that game at all i remember the game i I wouldn't aware fraser forster was the goalkeeper i'd completely forgotten that bonus points sam if you can remember who scored in that game former tottenham player that scored victor wanyama yeah yeah, Mister Mister Spaghetti himself. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was well, great there you go. So, yeah, absolutely. But um, hopefully, Foster can be the same. I mean, yeah, he got, he's got good good pedigree. Played in the top competitions. Played yeah. in the Premier League. What what more do you need from a, yeah. a second choice goalkeeper? And, and that's the thing is is we signed him on a free transfer, and there was a lot of talk about us being in for Sam Johnston, who both me and you said that'd be ideal. You know, perfect free transfer, mm. Sam Johnston. The big difference is that Sam Johnston very much views himself right now as he wants to be the number one somewhere. He's twenty eight, basically your prime for a goalkeeper, and he was offered a deal with another club which would make him the first choice goalkeeper. Tottenham are in a kind of a phase at the moment where they are looking for Lloris's long-term replacement. In fact, Hugo Lloris is even playing a big part in looking. Um, This summer wasn't the summer for that. I think if it had been, maybe they'd have gone a bit harder for Johnson on the basis of, look, this season's a uh, rotate with Hugo, next season it's you. But um, I think it made a lot more sense once it was abundantly clear that Johnson was being offered first-team football. We, we just went for Forster, hammer and nail, and got him. Um, and one of the things about Forster at his age, and the fact, like you said, about the number of games he played for Southampton last season, he is used to now training in that way of being ready to come in at a moment's notice, keeping yourself fit even when you're not playing every week. And that, in a lot of ways, is a skill in itself. Uh, I remember uh, reading Michel Vorm do an interview in the press, basically talking about towards the end of his career, like he he realised, you know, if you're not first choice anymore, you need to train like your first choice anyway, and that's kind of a mental battle anyway. And then he said once he <clears> realised <throat> it was time for him to go was when he realised he couldn't do that anymore. Like even, you know, even staying match fit for that was like too much. He was like, no, actually... <laughs> I'm not contributing anymore. I'm not able to do that. It's time for me to hang it up. So I, I think Fraser Forster, like you just said, then is a good signing on that basis that he is very experienced and also is very self-aware of where he is and what he needs to do to keep himself ready. 
And we know, I mean, it was what, three seasons ago we started the season with Gaz and Ego in goal because both Warm and Hugo got injured in pre-season. So we know it can happen. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the biggest bonus points is is the homegrown quota as well. Absolutely, don't, yeah. Don't forget that. That is probably the key reason we've signed him. It is, massively, um, yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of experienced keepers, but homegrown keeper is is the number one that you need these days, and yeah. it ticks a box, doesn't it? Um, well, it for it, it Premier enables, League, Champions yeah. League, it enables more foreign players' spots in the rest of the squad. You know, so yeah, it, it was essential that we found someone who was homegrown to fit that spot, um, and and I think. In an ideal world, they'll be targeting a homegrown keeper for the long-term replacement. But of course, as we all know, it's mm. it's not an easy not an easy position to fill. Uh, obviously, we made two other signings. Who who do you want to talk about next? Uh, probably Perisic because um, it, it's probably one that's not as familiar as as the other players we've signed. Um, but what a signing! Um, yeah. Plenty of experience. He's been around the top teams for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, he's 33 years old. He's played for Dortmund, Wolfsburg, Inter Milan and Bayern Munich. And he's pretty much won everything there is to win. Yeah. Um, internationally, he was a key part of the Croatia team that got to the World Cup final. Yeah. Um, obviously, they lost against Lloris's France. Um, yeah. Do you remember the semi-final? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, the man that scored and assisted was none other than Perisic. Yep. Um, he was actually man of the match that game. Um, <laughs> so, you know... You, you've just taken a lot of Tottenham fans who were very excited about his signing going, oh, yeah, bastard! <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I can turn that back around. Good, um, good. Extremely versatile player. Um, So players... He was younger, played predominantly on the wing, uh, attacking midfield. He's played as a second striker. Um, But more recently, uh, he's played as a wing-back under Conte at at Inter. Uh, He obviously won the league there. And that's the most likely position we'll see him play for Spurs. Um, Versatility comes into it. I'm sure he'll get games in other positions as well, but yeah. I think predominantly we'll see him at, at left wing back. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know about you, but have you seen some sort of mixed reaction from fans about signing him, a 33-year-old? Um, I did a little bit, uh, but to be honest with you, Twitter could find the negativity in anything. So I, I tend mm. to not die or not dwell too much on that. But yeah, the... The the idea is it mostly came from other fans from other teams like oh look at Tottenham making a sign in of like a retiree. Um, I gotta be honest with you, my opinion on that has shifted slightly in the last couple of years because I've seen like some of the older players come into the league. Chelsea signed a central defender whose name has just gone completely out of my head. Uh, Thiago Silva. Thank you. The guy was brilliant. Like every game I watched him in, I thought wow that's. That's the difference between like young all over the place and then just someone who reads the game brilliantly. He's just, you know, coasting around the pitch. He's not he doesn't look like he's sprinting, but he just always seems to be there. 
And I also remember yeah. Tottenham years ago signing a guy called Noradin Nabit, um, who, who oh. was a serious. That's a throwback, is that name? Yeah, yeah. That's, and, and that's a real in, throwback. And he was a, he was brilliant. Like he, and again, he was so much older than everyone else. He really didn't have pace at all, but he just read the game brilliantly. And I think what a lot of people, and possibly because of Championship Manager, Football Manager, FIFA. They assume a player's dead at 30. <laughs> it's like yeah. 30 years old equals, oh, no, if, you, if you're not a goalkeeper, I don't want you in my squad at 30 or over. Oh, no, don't sign them. Um, reality, well, hopefully yeah. I can I can help. Hopefully I can help demiss that. Yeah. Bring it. Um, I've, I've gone full Matt Stats <laughs> on this. Dan's Stats. I know. Whilst, whilst the cat's away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the stats don't really back up that Perisic is past his best. Um, so last season he played 35 games. Yep. He scored eight goals and seven assists in Syria. Um, and that's from left wing. That's from left wing back. Yeah. Um, I think we'll pro- we'll probably touch on positions that need strengthening that type of thing. But um, yeah. left wing back, we we didn't get an awful lot of. You know, goals, assists from Sessignon and, no. and Regulon there, and hopefully, if you can bring that to the Premier League, absolutely bob on. But yeah. um, the, the other side of things, the um, injury record of Perisic is actually incredible. Yeah, and I know I'm tempting the fate here. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently he, cringing, he, but yeah, yeah, he's he's played obviously 14 years as a pro, yeah. and he's only missed 40 games. I know. So yeah. on average, it works out he misses two point eight games a season. Yeah. So if you compare that to Eric Lamella, who sort of missed... <laughs> I knew, I it, knew that was who we were going to compare it yeah. to. Yeah. Well, if you compare it to Lamella, he used to miss forty games a season. Yeah. So... Still, still my, still a hero of mine. But yes, you're absolutely right. Hey, you could compare it to Sessegnon right now. Um, Sessegnon, True. you know, he's had a hell of a run since signing for us and and the season before. Um, but it may be being around a pro like that who is conditioned, trains a certain way, looks after himself a certain way, could be the making of Sessegnon. Possibly, possibly. It's, it, yeah. it's been the thing that we've labelled with Sessegnon for a while. Yeah. Uh, injury record's been, been terrible. It's... But um, what one final thing on Perisic though is, yeah. um, you know, you think thirty-three years old, you know, his legs are gone, type of thing. <laughs> it's it's not been the case. No. Um, if if you think who's the fastest sort of player in the Premier League, immediately in my mind, that snaky guy Carl Walker comes yep. to mind. His top speed last season, thirty-five point something kilometers an hour. Is that Carl Walker? Well, is that's Carl Walker, yeah. Perisic, thirty-three point something. Wow. Yeah. Not a million miles away, no, you know. No, so I'm I'm happy with the signing because yeah, me too. I think obviously Conte wanted him. He's yeah. he's signing people that you can depend on. Yeah. And uh, I think Perisic, obviously, with that sort of record and his history and what he's won before, yeah. these are the sort of players Conte wants. Get him mm-hmm. in, absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And the final signing that is confirmed as of today is Yves Basuma from Brighton. Um, there's one thing 
I, I want to say about it before you go into the footballing side. Um, mm. The guy is currently on a police caution under investigation for an assault in a nightclub uh, involving a woman and one other guy who's one of his friends. Because of that, I said when we were linked to him in January, I really didn't want to be signing a player like this. You know, with that hanging over him, um, it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. I don't like that. Um, one or two people um, who have got good contacts with the club have said to me that the club obviously took that into consideration, looked into it, and are actually confident not only is legally he's got no case to answer, he actually genuinely doesn't have a case to answer. Now, the reason why I say that in two different ways is because we all know the law and what actually happened can sometimes be two different things. Uh, but the club are confident uh, from their own investigations and their own research that there is the accusations against him aren't anything... If anything, his friend is the one who has a case to answer. Uh, so I wanted to clear that up um, because I was very against signing him based purely on that. So if we were to go into just purely football now, uh, focusing purely on the footballing ability, I think he is the Dembele replacement that I thought Undombele was going to be. What, what do you think, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we actually looked at Bissouma when he was playing in France. Yeah. And, um, you know, as fans, we all label the same thing expert, which is we always seem to buy cheap, buy twice. Yeah. Um, and I think he was probably available for about 10, 15 mil at the time. We ended up splashing about 60 mil on Don Bailey. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, that's uh, aged like uh, like yeah. milk. Um, yeah. But we looked at him again in January, but we couldn't get the deal done. You've just sort of mentioned that. Um, yeah. And then what? And towards the end of the last season, this season, when we looked like uh, Champions League was a surefire thing, all we needed to do was beat Brighton. Yeah. He went and put a masterclass in against us. He did. Um, he did. Absolutely ran the show. Um, you know, he, he showcased everything that he's good at in that game. Um, you know, sort of breaking up opposition play, releasing the ball, receiving it, holding it, shielding it, protection for the defence, basically. Yeah. Um, and he was absolutely brilliant. And I think... Conte probably looked at that game and said, get me that player. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I, I imagine the players came off the park and went, who the f was that guy? <laughs> um, yeah, you can actually find that. There's a load of YouTube um, analysis clips of that game. And a lot of Tottenham fans have basically gone back over it and gone, oh, wow, yeah, that was, <laughs> you know, I'd, perhaps I'd, I'd suppress that from my memory. But yeah, he... Uh, he ran the show, and as I said, it was Dembele-esque. His, like, we couldn't get him off the ball, which which is such a powerful thing in the Premier League. Yeah, no, he, he's been probably one of the most consistent players in that position for the last few seasons. Um, yeah. And there's been an awful lot of other clubs that were linked with him. You know, you like to see sort of Liverpools and things yeah. like that were linked with him. 
Um, so I think it's a real coup. I think it is a good signing. Um, yeah. Obviously, this this cloud over his head, um, you know, that that will come out in a wash kind of thing. Um, it will, and I mean, my my hope is that the club have genuinely done the work they say they have because if it comes out anything other than he really had no case to answer, he had nothing to do with it, then I'm going to be really disappointed. But, well, you know, you, you can't be a top four club, um, one of the best in the world, and not do due diligence on players. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I very much, I'm with you on that. I'm the same. I'm just saying that it would be very, very disappointing if the club have signed someone knowing that, <laughs> if if that makes sense. I mean, I have sure, to believe what sure. I'm told. I have to believe that they've really looked at it and and it's all nothing to answer. But footballing-wise, like I said, he, he adds something to our team, which if you look at uh, the way Conte played last season, you've basically got two midfielders there. So you've now got Hoybier, Oliver Skip, Benson Core. And Basuma. I mean, the options there are, are phenomenal, really, going into next season. Mm. What, what do you think the um, the preferred setup would be? I think I think is I think he has his preferred formation where he uses the two. Um, mm. I think there could be occasions in different games where maybe even three of them go in there. Uh, Basuma playing more box to box, but. Who who that actually is? It was interesting. Antonio Conte said something in an interview about big clubs don't have first 11s, they have squads. And it's something I genuinely myself am, am struggling to transition into with my thinking. Because I still mm. think of, I, I name my strongest team. I think to myself, okay, who's our strongest 11 there? And his point is, when you play Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League... You have a squad, you know, so I need to turn around to my players and go, right, we're playing Southampton at home Saturday. We're playing Inter Milan, for example, away on Wednesday. You're playing Saturday. You're playing Wednesday. Whichever one of you lot played the best or whatever, they, they play Sunday. You know, it just kind of, you need to create a, not a them and us scenario. I think too many coaches over time create a sort of A team and a B team philosophy and I think if you can get the balance right where players all feel like they're in there and they're fighting and they're they're in the team on the merit and other people are pushing them all the time and you develop a kind of mentality of a squad. This is what it's about. It's not about you. It's not about a first 11. It's about all of us. If you can create that, I think, I think it's when you can really kick on. Of course, it remains to be seen if you can create that. I don't know, but... With those four players, the idea that only two of them are going to start, I have to, I have to, especially when you look at Hoybier. Hoybier is a good player for Tottenham, but he went through a period last season where he looked tired, didn't track runners. I mean, it drove me insane. It was, it was absolutely bonkers. But when we switched to only one game a week, the guy looked great again. And I don't think that's a coincidence, is it? You know, he clearly, if you're going to play 50-odd games in a season, which Hoybier was, I think he, in, in the two seasons he'd been with us, I think he's missed one game, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to rotate him to protect him, but also protect the team. You know, Hoybier plays three to four games on the banks and plays really well, and then Basuma comes in. 
do, do you know what I mean? It's like, that's fantastic. That's what you want. That's what you want in your squad options. Because you want a more team looking at it. Sorry, go on. You, you touched on it a moment ago and you said, um, we got really good results when we had one game a week. Yeah. Yeah. When we had two, three games kind of thing, we really struggled. Yeah. Um, so squad rotation is going to have to come into it. Yeah. Um, but it, it brings me on to a second point, which is how much of a priority is the Champions League to Conte? Because um, <laughs> historically in Europe, he hasn't done, yes, no. done so well. No, historically, he really doesn't seem to overly give a crap about Europe. Um, and I, I think it's one of two things in that. I think one... He, as a coach, wants almost one game a week. I think having a second game in a week annoys him because he doesn't have as much time to prep um, because he's a very details guy. Uh, but at the same time, I also think he's about trophies. He's about winning things. And to him, in his mind, winning the Premier League with Tottenham would sit on his CV like you know, massively. You know, the guy's got an ego. You know, he is uh, a very, a very more modern, obviously, but he is a very much like a Jose in that way. Is you know, I am here, I have won this with this club, I have won this with this club. It's about him. And with Tottenham, I think he would look at that and go, right, so I took Tottenham from not winning the league since 1968 to winning the league with me. Boom, mic drop, I'm out. Give me whatever job I want next with double my salary because look what I just did. I think that's how he works, and I don't think the glory of Tottenham making it through to the Champions League would necessarily mean that much to him if he had the opportunity to win something domestically. The thing is with English football, though, is winning the Premier League is an absolute crapshoot. I mean, you look at the teams that are there. You know, Man City currently selling, uh, you know, selling off a few players, but have signed Haaland. I mean, that's. I have no idea how that guy's going to hit the ground in the Premier League. Of course I don't. But my fear is he's going to be bloody good. <laughs> um, Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool look as strong, you know, and they're going to continue. Man United, I have to believe, are going to be better than they were last season. Uh, Chelsea is going to be, without the off-field thing hanging over them, they're going to improve again. Uh, Arsenal are going to improve. We're obviously looking to improve. So... Actually, winning the Premier League, I think, is a nightmare scenario compared to almost every other league in Europe. I mean, you 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 look at the teams and you probably say, "Oh, Man City," but in English Premier League, you can't say that with any certainty. If I was to look at Bundesliga, I'd say Bayern Munich and feel pretty confident. Um, Spain, sure. you'd feel pretty confident picking Real Madrid at the moment, but I mean, obviously there are others, but you'd still feel confident there. So. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I um, Paris Saint Germain in France might win it. You never know. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. I um, like I said, it's it's going to be difficult. But I I think with him, his priority is winning something, um, whatever route that takes. Uh, I think if he gets to Christmas and there's no way we're winning the league, then all of a sudden perhaps the cups might suddenly get the strongest team you've ever seen. <laughs> Mm. Uh, mm. but I don't know uh, it's, it's difficult because uh, it's going to be our first full season with him he, he's he got the preseason. 
based on everything that I've read, his preseason is going to rival that of Pochettino's in terms of fitness work. Um, there's going to be a few players at Tottenham, you know, ow, <laughs> why, why am I doing this to myself? Uh, but at the same time, you know, you only got to look at Harry Kane talking in an interview about how he feels the fittest he's felt in two to three years, um, which I can well believe. And he looks it as well, actually, Harry. Towards the end of last season, he looked leaner than he had in a good few years. Mm. It's just, just amazing what cutting out ketchup can do. The old, the old ketchup bands, yeah. But also, you got to remember, we went through that period under Jose where, you know, rumours were flying that they weren't doing enough fitness no. work. Players were doing work on their own back, that type of thing. Yeah, it, it was a um, mess. Uh, the, they, they looked it on the pitch as well. Remember yeah. how sort of slow we were? Yeah, sluggish, moving yeah. the ball was poor. The the thing is about fitness as well is what a lot of people don't realise, and especially at elite level you see it, the difference, is you being fit allows you to think clearer as well because you're not blowing out your ass. You, you know, if you're not having to catch your breath when you're doing stuff because you're near death from running somewhere, your your head's clearer. You can pick a pass. You can think about the situation in the game. You can make better decisions. So being fitter allows all of that to happen. The Jose thing is a... He's a throwback in, in the sense of he's... He looked at all of those players and went, being fit is your responsibility. You know, you get paid all this money. I'm here to coach you how to win football matches. I'm not here to coach you how to be fit. That should be the bare minimum you bring to this arrangement. In years gone by, completely understand where he's coming from. Uh, unfortunately, I think the modern footballer in some ways is overcoached, but that's the way it is now. And the modern footballer mm -hmm. needs a coach to go, run over there, okay, run back, okay. <laughs> just that's, That just seems to be the way it is now. And... Jose didn't do that, and of course, um, we also know that other guy didn't do it. We don't talk about him. Anyone who thought I'd have that done and only use it once was a fool. <laughs> Staying forever. <laughs> Uh, it's time to talk about rumours then. It's time to sort of talk us through um, where we're at with various transfers. I think the one I'm going to start with is the one that's kind of a uh, strange one, and that's Christian Eriksen. It seemed almost inevitable that we would be re-signing him this summer to the point that people weren't even reporting it as rumour. They were kind of like... Yeah, Ericsson back to Tottenham. You know, that's that's done. That's that's signed, sealed, delivered. There's no way that's not going to happen. Um, great relationship with Conte. Gives Conte that uh, variation in his system that he likes to have with a squad option. Um, and, and it all just made so much perfect sense that all of us just kind of went, oh, okay, yeah, great. Can't wait for him to be back. And then about two weeks ago, um, uh, Alistair Gold of Football London uh, broke the kind of story of actually no uh, Tottenham spoke to him but have not followed up on it it's like no not uh, they've moved on to other targets now 
I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little bit bemused by that. Now, it could be sentimentality because obviously after what happened, um, I just want to you know give the guy a hug all the time and hope he's okay. But why, why do you think that perhaps we looked at that and decided against? Do you think that we've got a, we've got someone else in a similar position, perhaps younger, an iron in the fire, or do you just think that? They've prioritised other positions. Um, probably a bit of both. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's generally how things work, isn't it? Anyway, th- there's always two sides to every story. So Spurs might have been looking at him thinking, cheap option, knows mm-hmm. the club, knows the manager, will fit into a system, that type of thing. Um, but we're also looking for a younger player, somebody that's capable of doing X, Y, Z. I also think from uh, Ericsson's side of things, let's not forget, he didn't want to be at Spurs anymore. No, I know. He wanted to go try something. He wanted to try something different, which, fair enough, you know, he served as well for about six seasons or whatever. But, yeah, he wanted to try something different. He has done that. Does he want to come back to us? People are sort of suggesting he does because he likes London and one thing or another. But I think if you're a free agent, this is probably his last big paycheck he's going to get. not saying that's his only incentive right now, but... If somebody like Man United want you, um, yeah. and there's a new manager there, and he's telling you, you know, thing sweet something's in your ear, saying you're going to be playing every match, kind of thing. Yeah. Conte is not going to offer him that because, no. as you say, he's going to switch his system depending on the the opposition, yeah. whether he needs a creative midfielder in there or if he wants to play. <laughs> You suggested earlier three sort of defensive midfielders, whatever. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to be um, put on a plate for Ertz, and it's not he's not going to have his his like at Brentford, for example, played yeah. every game. Yeah. Um. So th- there's two sides to his story. I mean, he, he might also have basically suggested that to Spurs that unless they're prepared to offer him, you know, certainties over his sort of playing situation how many minutes he's going to get a season that type of thing yeah then he'd rather look elsewhere because everything i've read on the internet suggests he he's all about playing for denmark at the world cup well of course yeah of course i mean that's uh similar to you know gareth bale um uh, who's now over in america with the la fc i think it is i'm not sure which one it is not galaxy it's the other one i'm gonna get shot by one of our listeners now for that um the Johnny Stark, he's a fan, and I've just totally forgotten the name of the team. It is LAFC, isn't it? It's something like that. Yeah. It's not LA Galaxy. Yeah, it's no, the other team. It's not, it's not the Galaxy. It's the other, the better one. There you go, Johnny. Make you feel better. Um, I yeah, with the Ericsson one, I th- I think it is a real kind of strange one because it, it felt by all the reporting and everything, it was done. So it just kind of felt odd that. All of a sudden, it was like, actually, no, Tottenham aren't doing that. And it was like, oh, wow, okay, crap. I mean, it was so so nailed on. I, I was just kind of waiting for it to be announced, not even a if or when. So um, that, that aside then, the other big rumour at the moment is Richarlison from Everton. Um, I've been very conflicted on this because he's not a player I would pick out as someone I particularly like. Uh, that's not... In a, that's not really uh, having a pop at him footballing wise. Clearly, a very gifted footballer. 
contributes both assists and goals for Everton consistently and did for Watford before moving to Everton uh, for like 50 million I think um I the thing with him that kind of annoys me is he spends most of the game on the ground injury record not great um but yeah I also remember Romero basically snapping him in half and posting a social media photo of the incident. So not quite sure how training is going to be between those two. Uh, but yeah, that that appears to be the one that we've gone for. Uh, it appears to be the player that uh, Conte wants because he can play both nine and wide. So he can play in the Harry Kane position or he can play covering Sonny as well. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Richarlison and us potentially signing him? Uh, if you'd have put this to me two months ago I'd have, I'd have laughed at it yeah. um, but but the, yeah there is actually um, you know some truth to to this rumour um, yeah. Paratic he's a big fan I think yeah um, and yeah you're right we're not going to get somebody to play second fiddle to Kane no. um, you need somebody that can that can play up front on his own but also out wide and that squad rotation, versatility, that type of thing. And, and he's a player that fits the mould, but I'll be honest, that I don't like him. No. Um, don't get me wrong. If, if he joins and he's, you know, banging in the goals and yeah. he's on our team and he's making other fans go mad on social yeah. media, then we'll probably love him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not. I don't know. There's, there's just something about him that makes you think. Yeah. I know what you mean. How good is he? How <laughs> quality is he? And how how much of it's just all, all sort of theatrics and I think know, the, the off idea, the field kind of. Uh, the, the thing the thing with it appears to be is that he can cover the two positions, so we are looking at him because of that. And we also uh, there were rumors everywhere that we were looking at Gabriel Jesus, who of course is now joining Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal fans like to say he's picked them over us, and that's fine, but uh, by all credible reporting, we weren't actually in for him. And I kind of looked at that and thought, well, that doesn't make a great deal of sense to me because he is the definition of what we're looking for, you know, someone who can play where Kane plays and also can cover the wide channels. But again, uh, based on what I'm reading, he very much wants to play as a forward now. He doesn't want to be doing that out wide. He wants to be starting every game. And we're not going to be guaranteeing him that, which, you know, it could have been an initial conversation. This is what we got in mind. Him saying, this is what I got in mind. And us saying, thank you very much. Enjoy your time at Arsenal. <laughs> so um, I, I think that was where that went. Um, I also uh, thought about the Leeds winger, Rafinha. And we've definitely, we've definitely got an interest there. But Rafinha is very much a wide forward not he, he couldn't cover Kane really um so again I, yeah. I think we're looking to sign uh Richarlison f- so we're signing one player to cover two rather than potentially signing Rafinha and also still then looking for a striker as well uh so it's kind of like sign one for 50 odd million rather than signing two for like a hundred million I think is the plan. I think that's where we are with it anyway. Um, but Rafinha, uh, we, Rafinha is one we have definitely been looking at. We've not put an offer in or anything for him, but uh, again, Arsenal very much in for him. 
Um, just, just very quickly on Arsenal, it makes me laugh about this on a regular basis. They, they always seem to sign strikers and forwards and attacking players, and yet their issues never attack. I don't get that club. Like I look at them and I think you are building a decent defence away from having a good side. So why is it you're spending all your money? You know, they just got that young striker who's come through their academy, Nikita, just started scoring the back end of last season, signed him up to a new five-year deal. Now you're signing a striker ahead of him. (laughs) It's like, okay, um, you got some incredibly talented young players there as wide forwards like Saka, etc. And you're about to spend 60 odd million on another one. But in defence, you've got a guy coming back on loan from France. You've got Ben White who was in and out and don't really think he hit the heights they were expecting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not my place. I don't really care, but it's just kind of a strange one. I don't get... I mean, it does remind me a little bit of Tottenham years ago trying to catch Arsenal up. Just like, buy a striker, that'll do it. <laughs> and yet we conceded 10 goals a game. <laughs> it was mental, but anyway... Moving on. Yeah, we we certainly didn't have the issue we have now with one outstanding striker and no. sort of no no backup. Back no. in those days, it was sort of Berbatov, Keane. Yeah. Um, you Defoe. probably had Defoe, yeah. Mido. There was yeah. just about four or five that could we, that, we always know, were fighting to get in. Yeah, there. we always had four picking two from the four. Uh, we had Crouch, Pavlyuchenko. Um, Darren Bent at one point, uh, although Harry Redknapp's wife could outscore him apparently, so that didn't last very long. I so yeah, rumours wise, uh, like I said, the Richarlison one is the key one. That's the one that people are really amping up, and one of the things I think the reason why I think that rumour is really kicking into gear this week is because Everton have got a potential financial fair play issue coming up so if they were to sell someone to balance the books that person would need to be sold by the 1st of July which is this Friday so if we are going to make an offer if we're going to go in um, then yeah it's, it's why I think this week eyes are on that deal as opposed to anything it's also worth pointing out Chelsea are in form as well um uh, a number of uh, a number of places are reporting that Chelsea have made an offer, uh, which is a player plus cash. So I don't know. Uh, there is also a report today which made me laugh uh, from a proper journalist, uh, an actual real journalist, not a sporting one, who just so happened to be at dinner last night and saw Bill Kenwright of Everton sat having dinner with Daniel Levy, and he decided to tweet that out there, sending people into a meltdown. <laughs> Which made me laugh. Mm. Try, trying to look up who it was now. It was a it was a proper journalist though. Here we go. Uh John Sopel. He says if Richarlison does go to Tottenham, suspect history will show the agreement was reached last night, as Bill Kenwright and Daniel Levy were having dinner together in Scots in London. I was at the table next to them. <laughs> fancy. Yeah. Fancy. Very fancy. I guess um, my issue with the Richarlison one is, um, in my mind, there's there's a more obvious signing which we should be making. And I've been 
you know, arguing this case for probably five years, okay. which is Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, yeah, w- Wilfred he's Zaha. Got, he's got one year left on his contract. I think Palace yeah. have finally sort of said, right, you can go yeah. um, homegrown. He's played yeah. as that wide forward or, or a centre forward before. Yeah. Um, I mean... Let's be honest. I think even Conte could probably persuade him to play wing back if you made him. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I, I think promising him Champions League and things like that, and yeah. you know, players that way that type of thing, he'd fit into different roles in our team. And yeah, one year left, it'd be cheaper than Richardson. And, and as I said before, he's uh, another one for the homegrown quota. So yeah, no, I don't know. It, it would it surprise you if something came out of you know out of the blue and and Zaha turned up at the training ground? It wouldn't surprise me if something came out of the blue. What one of the things that is happening at Tottenham now, which is very different than the last four or five years, is they are working a hell of a lot better behind the scenes. And by that, I mean we. If anyone thinks back to last summer for a moment, and the manager merry go round. Every time the club spoke to any agent of any manager, somehow it was in the press within hours. Like even if the club were just like, "Oh, let's have a conversation with him," you know, he's put his CV in. Let's be polite and have a chat with him. Within hours, it was like Tottenham meet with this coach, and fans online went mental. You know, it was it was awful, and Tottenham were just a shambles to be blunt with everything they did in the public domain. They can't do that. You you can't do that with signing players because, of course, agents want that to happen. Agents want to put stuff out in the public domain because they want to increase the offer for their client. Paratici works in a very kind of different way in terms of he will discuss deals with multiple targets at once. So that way, if there are press stories everywhere, it's like a smokescreen he naturally creates. Um, you have no idea what Tottenham are actually really doing or what the plan is. And because people know that now, the the level of reporting on Tottenham rumours is actually dropping. Um, you know, you'll see at the start of this window, for example, we were linked to 10 players a day, like different players. But now, if you actually go hunting for Tottenham rumours, there aren't many. You know, the ones we've just mentioned and... That's it. You know, it's a, it's a lot of defender names. But if you read the articles, they're all just conjecture from journalists saying, oh, these are the ones we think Tottenham might like. Uh, the only one which was clear was Bastoni at Inter Milan. Bastoni uh, likes, you know, he grew up at Inter, wants to stay at Inter, and they want to keep him, and they're going to sell Skriniar instead. So that was, you know, we went for him, had the conversation, and that's when we've moved on. So it's, uh, like I said, it's kind of uh, funny, really, that it's the way we operate now when in the past we have been so out there, so everything on display. So it wouldn't surprise me, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if a number of clubs aren't keeping Zaha's number to one side. With, like you say, with a year left on his contract, homegrown, you, you never know. And with Tottenham, of course... A lot of it's going to depend on outgoings, because if you look at our squad at the moment, we've made three signings, but we've not actually shifted anyone other than Cameron Carter-Vickers, who wasn't really in the first team squad anyway. We need to make sales to make space. 
Um, the obvious one that's out there is Stephen Burgoyne to Ajax. Um, a fee in the region of 25 million plus add-ons appears to be done. Ajax don't want to complete the deal until after the 1st of July. Again, it's the financial reporting year thing, so keep an eye out for that one. I think after the 1st of July, we might see that go through rapidly. Harry Winks uh, has been linked with about four different clubs. Funnily enough, the club that seems to be the highest link with him is Everton. Uh, whether that will play any sort of part in any Richarlison negotiations, I don't know. Uh, but but that's, you know, Harry Winks definitely going to be moving on. One of the players I was a little bit sad that we are looking to move on and we are actively trying to sell is Sergio Regulon. What What's your thoughts on, on Reggie? Well, we, we spoke earlier about that left wing back position. Yeah. And we didn't have an awful lot of joy down there. Um, no. To be fair to Regulon, he, he said at the start of the season when uh, Conte came in, he said, I've never played left wing back. I'm, yeah. it, it's going to be new for me. But he's got all the attributes to make you think, well, he, he, he should be spot on. He's, yeah. he's fast, you know, he can get forward, he can get back, he's good at defending. Um, but no, he always said that, you know, what what he isn't so good at is the crossing side of things. And, yeah. you know, how many times did we see he's had like almost like a one-on-one with uh, the keeper and he just like blast it straight into the stands. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure if the composure's there or, or what the problem was there, but um I think the the reason correct me if I'm wrong, the reason why he's been linked away is A, he didn't really fit that that left wing back position so well. It, yeah. it certainly didn't come to him naturally. But B, um that we only have to start paying back some of the money to Real Madrid this <laughs> this summer. Yeah, uh, basically the way we did the deal was Real Madrid had a buyback clause which expired last year. Uh, the buyback clause part of that negotiation was our instalments for the transfer fee wouldn't begin until this summer. It's not massively a factor. A lot of people have pointed it out as a big factor, but it is, it's already in our accounting, so it's not like it's a case of an additional cost that we've now got. It's, it's one that's already accounted for. What I would mm-hmm. say is... Um, yeah, of course that motivate the club because if they can, if they've already accounted for thirty something million going out, and they can not have that, then then that's great. You know, that's that's kind of ideal for them. Um, and and then they'll they'll move on. Uh, heavily linked with a move back to Spain, obviously. Uh, the club that have shown the biggest interest so far is actually Barcelona, which is interesting for a. Real Madrid Academy product. I don't know how he'd feel about that. Um, but there's a number of teams there. Another player who's linked heavily with moving back to Spain is Emerson Royale. Uh, Emerson Royale started to become a bit of a cult figure for Tottenham fans with his wonderful video montages after every game last season. Um, and he did definitely improve. There's no two ways about it. He did definitely improve. Um, but again, if you're looking at squad building, homegrown quota, etc., um, we are linked heavily with Jed Spence coming from Middlesbrough, and I, I'm led to believe that that interest is genuine, and it's just a case of agreeing the fee and the structure with Middlesbrough. Now the player is ready to join, then we do need to let someone go from the right side. So that's either Matt Doherty or Emerson Royale. 
Matt Doherty, remember, is classed as homegrown. Even though he's a Republic of Ireland international, he came through the Wolves Academy. So he is classed as a homegrown player for both Premier League and the European Champions League. So Jed Spence would also meet that. And Atletico Madrid are very keen on Emerson Royale. So that's another one that looks like he's on his way. Um, what's your thoughts? Because, I mean, me and you both looked at Emerson Royale for some time. I was more patient. I was willing to give him more time. But I think we both reached a point last season where we were like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not working. Uh, but I did think towards the end, again, when it was one game a week, he, he looked a lot better. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on him him departing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to get rid of him. Um, what beat around the bush? Uh, he started the season terrible. He ended yeah. the the season average. Yeah. Um, he's not suited to a right wing back role. I know. You know. You said Conte is unapologetic that you know if he were to win something this season, yeah. that might be him done. He might leave. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to think long-term as well. You might get a new manager that just wants to play four at the back and, and yeah. maybe Royal would fit that system better. But you, you stick to your guns. You go with what your current manager wants. Yeah. He doesn't want to be like uh, a defensive-minded Royale. So, and it, you you also mentioned it, that Atletico Madrid want him. You can imagine him doing really well over there. Like, playing so. for a team like Atletico Madrid that will be quite defensive, sort yeah. of, and, and he'll be quite rigid in that back four kind of thing and he'll, yeah. he'll be a lot more comfortable in that position so I agree yeah, if, if we can get our money back for him then then do it yeah yeah, I agree um, the the thing at the moment on that appears to be obviously we want to sell uh, Atletico Madrid want to loan with an option um, uh, it's the difference between the buying power of the Premier League and Spain and other leagues to be honest with you whereas we look to buy because of the financial position we're in. Other leagues are looking to do, you know, horse trading as best they can, which is fair enough. Um, one of the other ones which is quite interesting is Joe Roden. Me and you have talked about Roden a lot uh, because you want to see him get games, play with, stay with the club. I've been of the opinion if he was good enough, he would have got games under Jose. He would have got he would have got games under Nuno. He would have got games under Conte. But what is interesting is apparently Conte really likes him. Uh, Conte was dead impressed with his dedication and training, dead impressed with his work ethic, felt that he was ready and able to come into the side because of his work fitness-wise. And because of the World Cup coming up and Tottenham not being able to guarantee him first-team football... There is the rumour that we're going to hit the one-year extension on his contract and look to give him a season's loan in the Premier League. Which is funny, because it was only a week ago, you said the same thing to me as what we should do. Apparently, that's exactly what we're looking to do right now. Yeah, because if there's one thing that um, he's missing from his game, it's experience in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, he, he plays for Wales week in week out um, slight bias or whatever but yeah. Gareth Bale came out and said he watched or he was part of Tottenham training when he yeah. saw Rode on there and he was like he was as good if not better than some of the players that were ahead of him yeah. he should have been getting games he wasn't 
Um, but no, I mean, I think that, that was the only thing that's held him back by previous managers. We don't see training day no. in, day out. We don't know what no. he's like off the, off the field kind of thing. But no. generally, if you had an option to play Eric Dyer, who's, what, 27, 28, yeah. ex-England international, you know, arguably should be England international. Yeah. Um, you've got Romero, who's obviously Italian Serie yeah. player of the season or whatever, yeah. young defender of the year. Yeah. Ben Davis, obviously experienced Premier League, Welsh international. Yeah. These guys are always going to be ahead of some young guy that's come from sort of Swansea in the Championship. So yeah. it, it's just, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's unfair, it's just um, unfortunate. Just the way it is. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, that these guys are ahead of him. The only way that he can beat that is, is go out and learn, yeah. prove your worth to a team, maybe a team that's been promoted from the, ch- from the Championship this season. Yeah. Get a full season, 38 Premier League games under your belt, come back to Spurs and say, look, what else do you want from me? Yeah. If not, if if it's still not good enough, we're then just selling in a season's yeah. time. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, um, like you said, the club would like a Premier League loan for him where he's going to start every week. But the team that have shown the highest interest in him so far and are ready to make a move to loan him is apparently Roma, Jose Mourinho. Mm. I don't think I don't know it's one of those things where if Roma offer a decent loan fee you know we'll go oh in that case <laughs> head there um, I would obviously prefer him to play in the Premier League week in week out but for a defender I, in Italy uh, you know defending is an art form uh, you know the coaching and everything like around defending in Italy is a kind of um <laughs> to them it's better than goals you know <laughs> it's is what they live for so as a defender it's not the worst thing in the world if that was his only option i, I would prefer a premier league loan though no yeah for me anyway um are there any other rumors or anything you've heard at the moment or any you wanted to go through before we jump into the the questions on our facebook page and stuff um just players out. I think the one that everyone's keen to see the back of Undon Bailey. We've not, yeah, we've not mentioned him yet. No, uh, sadly, um, the reason why I've not mentioned him is because there's no interest. Um, there, there's zero. Uh, no one's in for him. No one's even making a loan offer right now. Uh, of course, that could be brinkmanship. It could be a case of everybody knows he's available. Everyone knows that we don't want him. Um, and he's burnt his bridges with the fans, really. So it could be a case of as the window gets late, one or two teams try and Daniel Levy us with a low ball offer. Um, yeah. Can't say I blame them. To be honest with you, it's what, what anyone sensibly would do. Uh, but as of right now, he's actively looking for a new club and can't find one. We are actively looking to find him a new club and can't find one. So, But that can change, you know. Um, Paratici is managing to keep things more in-house now. Uh, you never know. Uh, but the, he definitely, definitely wants to move him on. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. The player doesn't want to be yeah, back with and, us, and we don't want him. No. And then uh, La Celsa as well. Um, the, uh, the, the one that I've seen, and, and you can clarify whether it's yeah. truth in this, um, Villarreal want him. We yeah. want a Villarreal player. Paul Torres. Yeah. 
Um, any any truth in sort of a swap deal there? Um, I, I don't know about a swap, uh, but there's definitely truth in the fact that Pau Torres is on our list of left-sided central defenders. Uh, we wanted to sign him last summer, and he basically had a deal agreed, but he didn't want to join. Um, he, he wanted to play the Champions League with his home club, which is fair enough. Um, he is available this summer. Uh, they are willing to sell this summer, so again, there is an option there. They do want the Chelsea. Um, financially, they can't afford the fee we're asking for, and a couple of other La Liga clubs are now circling as well. Uh, what I would say is, uh, I think the Chelsea leaves a lot easier than Undombele. How that happens or what structure is still up in the air at the moment. And I think the, the possible pulls could be the fact that we are looking at this left-sided central defender. There is some thinking within the club that Pau Torres isn't strong enough for the Premier League, isn't physically strong enough. Uh, I don't know enough about him. To be fair, I, I really don't. So, um, but that—that's what—that is what I heard, good sir. Um, Very good. But yeah, uh, okay. So, with all that being said, let's head across to social media and see what people got to say there. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Oh, I've missed that. Uh, mate, I get to ask you what I ask Matt. Do you want to start on Instagram or go to Facebook? Facebook. Facebook it is. Uh, Facebook, we open with Michael Jasper Annis, uh, who in response, basically we put a post out saying, do you want a podcast? And if you do, let us know what you want to hear. And Michael says, brilliant. Also, a quick note about our youngsters currently with the national teams would be great as they seem big potential players for the future. Yeah, well, I've mentioned that off the start. Uh, Scarlet and Divine, England under 19s, look out for them. Martin Benham says, I'll be very interested in what you and Matt, ooh, Matt's not here, sorry, uh, what you think, especially as some potential transfers split the fan base, i.e. Richarlison. Despite our early momentum, we seem to have stalled uh, with regards to the signings. Uh, I think Martin, early momentum uh, caught us all off guard, to be honest with you. Um, Dan said it earlier on, we don't make sign-ins before, before July. <laughs> you know, we it's, it's absolute bonkers that we've already done three signings. And uh, I don't necessarily think we've stalled. I think we nailed the ones that we had ready. And now we've moved on to the more trickier targets and the negotiations. Because even if the Richarlison deal is the one we're going for now, you know, that's not a... Everton selling to another Premier League team, you know, there's there's a lot more to that, I think, uh, rather than speaking to free agents, etc. So, uh, yes. Uh, Matthew Fleming says, I'd love to hear from you both. Let us know what you've been up to in the summer. How do you feel your time without football? Question-wise, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the done deals. Okay, well, we've done that. Dan, what do you do with your summer away from football? Uh, bit of uh, bit of dog walking as I said earlier. Uh, I got um, don't know a bit of Wimbledon. Wimbledon's on now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, Wimbledon's all right. Uh, I've been watching the cricket. Um, I enjoy that. Uh, but generally, I I get bored. <laughs> and work a lot. I do that, but then I do that anyway. 
Uh, Michael Joseph says, interested what you think about Richarlison. Uh, to me, he's a diver and an embellisher. Oh, embellisher, that's a great term. Uh, maybe Conte can sort that out. Uh, I think we've already touched on it, Michael, to be honest. Me and Dan, we're both kind of like, eh, not one we'd pick. But if he signs for us and he contributes and he's playing well, then, you know, he's going to get supported. You put on a Tottenham shirt, you're going to get my support until you something, unless you do something to, you know, disregard it. Uh, Barry Fowl says, would be great to get your take on things. I think a piece on how the business of transfers work with agents and clubs tying up profiles and fees by leaking lies to the press. Oh, wow, Barry. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a very strange season this year. So hitting the ground running and getting off to a flyer is really important. Getting business done early will be key. When do you think the rest of the ins will be done by? Uh, it's difficult. Uh, you mentioned there about doing a piece on uh, more ins and outs of how transfers work. I'm actually trying at the moment to talk to an actual registered uh, intermediary agent, an FA registered agent, to come on and do a Q&A. If I can get that done, then hopefully it can give people more of an insight and that would be fun. Uh, I don't think... I mean, I, could, I can talk to what I know, but I, I can't answer every question. Your point at the end about when do you think we'll get the business wrapped up? I mean, as soon as possible. But the thing that a lot of people forget, and is and I'm not saying this is you, Barry, it just people think of the computer games. You know, here's all this money, give me that player, and the player is in your squad the next day. There's a lot more to it <laughs> when, when it's real people. Um, you know, Tottenham might well have a player lined up right now. Everything's agreed and done. The guy's house hunting. You know, he's he's talking to his family about moving. Uh, he's having a bit of a think before he commits. You know, there's so many factors to all of this. Uh, I know a couple of years ago we were linked with a player and everyone kind of laughed about it. Like, oh, Tottenham tried to sign that guy. Yeah, whatever. No one believes it. Well, the reality was we did, but the guy didn't want to move to London because he had a newborn. And, and so he stayed where he was. And just So there are so many more factors to it and human factors that people just disregard. They think of it, I want that guy, here's the money, give him to me, and that's how football works. Uh, no, there's a lot more to it. So um, getting it done, we are aiming to get it all done as soon as possible. Conte wants to take the vast majority on his pre-season with him because he deems pre-season essential to the way he wants to play it's hilarious i mean every manager is the same i mean if we Mauricio Pochettino must be looking at us making three signings before pre-season and just rolling his eyes <laughs> you know like what the hell <laughs> where were, you know i had to watch them arrive on the season had already started uh so yeah um i i think we're trying to do our best to get them done uh, and how many more, I think, is a great question to ask because I think there's still four more to come in, personally. Stefan Cruz Alvarez, also known as Stepin Stefan, says, a couple of great signings early doors and now we're working on stuff behind the scenes. Richarlison I desperately don't want. <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, question, do we try and get proven Premier League talent in or go abroad and hope they hit the ground running like Kudu and Benson Corps? What do you think, Dan? Polynesian Dan? Just step in, Stefan. Everyone's got a nickname on this show. 
Um, completely agree. Get get the Premier League players in if you can. Um, they come with a premium, but yeah. if I mean one thing we've not discussed here is um, there's an awful lot of players whose contracts are running out yeah. that are Premier League proven. They might even be sort of uh, England internationals, that type of thing, with a year left on the contracts. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it means that suddenly these players that would previously be way out of our budget become available to us yeah. we've got this 150 mil so maybe we can shop in Waitrose rather than Aldi <laughs> nice nice analogy mate I like that yes right actually yeah. we have got that 150 mil and I did uh, hang on I did this I'd forgotten I did that yeah um yes you're right, <laughs> you're right. We, do. we do have that uh yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think aim for Premier League proven uh, because the league is so different. Kulisevsky and Bensoncourt coming in and hitting the ground running has been phenomenal. Uh, I, they're like the only two signings I can think have done that in so long. Um, you know, you almost don't want to chance your arm with it again. <laughs> John Hotspur says, if Levy follows through with the net investment, um i.e. sorry, if he follows through the net investment of over 150 million, i.e. above reinvestment of player sales, would you believe that Enoch have moved towards a trophy winning phase of their grand plan or have they been abducted and replaced by aliens? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going with aliens. Um, yeah. Sean Palmeter says, your thoughts on Richarlison, Dybala and other possible big signings putting that 150 million to good use. Whether City and Liverpool are untouchable, who knows, but if we have a chance of breaking the top three this year, if we get it right. I agree. Uh, Dybala's one we were linked with heavily because we were linked with him before. Apparently, from what I'm told, Conte does not rate him. So we have had zero interest in this window in him. Uh... Me, I thought he'd suit us, to be honest with you, but nope, apparently zero interest. Um, James Campbell says, I will add my voice to the cacophony that is requesting a podcast. You're welcome, James. Here we are. Tom Perk says, 100%, I want a podcast. So, yeah, here we are. Hey, Tom. Pete Thompson says, very interested in this. Would love to hear your take on the rumours, current signings, expected signings, and any news from the Academy. I think I've covered that, Pete. Um, the Academy news is depressing, so I don't want to do it, really. Um, I will say we've got two England youth internationals who are both leaving the club this summer, um, and the club needs to really address what's going on in the Academy right now. Um, we are losing two of the highest-rated players in the game, uh, both up to Manchester. One has already joined Man City, and one is choosing between offers between United and City. One's 15, one's 16. Uh, it's happening simply because these kids are going away on international duty with England and they're talking to players at other clubs and finding out how much they earn as an academy player. Tottenham's wage structure in the academy is not Premier League level. It's, it's just really not. Uh, it's laughable, actually. Um, Brighton, Southampton, clubs like that are all paying academy players near double what Tottenham are paying theirs. Um, there's loads of arguments about this, there's loads of debate about it, but if Tottenham continue with this structure, we are going to continue hemorrhaging fantastically talented players to other clubs. Um, yeah, this it's not good. 
I didn't want to talk about that today. I was depressed. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Instagram. That would cheer me up. The people on Instagram. Uh, Rock Me Amadeus says, do a podcast. I did it, my friend. There you go. Uh, Tia Go Costa says, yes, please do a podcast. There you go. We're here. Uh, Churso says, not really interested in transfer rumors. Oh, sorry. Uh, but interested to hear your thoughts on the new signings. There we go. We did that. She also says, miss you guys. Uh, so... Well, I'm here, Matt's not, but Dan's here. Say hello, Dan. Say hello. Say be nice for once. What was the person's name? Uh, Churso, C H U R S O. Churso. Yeah. Hi, Churso. Yeah. Um, got like an animated kind of, uh, like a cartoon style avatar, which is kind of cute. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I've got some good news, mate. Um, so Jake Bennett says, yes, definitely any content on deals done, potential deals, rumours, etc. will be good. We've done that, Jake. Hope you enjoyed. But we actually have a couple of comments now from people who have their own theme tune. So let's open up with this guy. Thundering down from on high, it's a comment from Mountain Man. Mountain Man says, who is most likely to leave and for how much? Missing the podcast, enjoy your summer. Thank you for saying lovely things and missing the podcast. Who is most likely to leave and for how much? Uh, right now, Stephen Bergwine is most likely to leave and I think 25 million. That's, there you go. I think that answers that. Finally, we have a comment from this man. Now it's time for a comment from Iron Brother. this right to the end i love this <laughs> <laughs> absolutely dancing in my seat uh island brother how you doing my friend he says hell yeah to the podcast any of sam's insider info on either ericsson or any departing players please and thanks i think we've covered all of that wow we're I efficient so. yeah. we are efficient today my friend uh so there we, we go we, um we know what the fans want we we know we know uh I tried to keep it to an hour. We're at an hour 20, roughly. Um, so we need to wrap this up. <laughs> Me and you could probably do another show on this. We'll, we'll consider it. We'll, we will consider it. See, why don't we wait and see what people, if they like this or not, see what people say. Uh, if everyone kind of hates it and has a go at us, then maybe we'll just leave it until Matt's back. Yeah, everyone wants Matt back. There'll, there'll yeah. be uh, campaigns outside we 10 down Matt the street. Snats. Well, there's definitely that's, going to be campaigns that's... there. I know that. Uh, but, mate, thank you so much for joining me today. This was fun. Um, love chatting to you about transfers and squad building. I think we managed to cover everything, even if we didn't get to the detail we wanted. Uh, but a big thank you to you. Big thank you to everybody for joining us and listening. The show will be back real soon. Keep an eye on our Facebook page, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, all of that. Once we've got all the dates lined up, we will tell you when we're back. Uh, the show will try and remain on Thursdays because obviously Champions League nights are back for Wednesdays, maybe Tuesdays. But yeah, everyone, you all take care. Say goodbye to the people, Polynesian Dan. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us 
on social media. All links are in the podcast description.